Well, hello, sunshine. You are listening to the Joycast, episode number two. What do you make it mean? I had so much fun creating the first episode. I ordered myself a fancy podcast microphone and I learned a little bit about sound mixing in GarageBand. And I just think each episode is going to get a little more nuanced and sophisticated. We shall see. I am learning to keep things simple in my life so that it stays fun. So today I want to tell you about one of my very favorite stories. This is a true story, and it's about my brother, Kevin. Kevin was the oldest boy in our family, and he was born with Down syndrome. Kevin passed away in the year 2000 when he was 31 years old. He made a pretty quick exit out of this lifetime, and it was really a surprise to our family that we all had to say goodbye. But I want to take you on the journey of his departure just to illustrate how magical an exit can be if you have your eyes open, if you have your heart open. Let me start at my younger brother's wedding. Jason married Lori in late June in the year 2000. And we had the most amazing time at the wedding. Kevin was in the wedding party And he was looking so pleased with himself, all dressed up in his tuxedo. And there was absolutely no sign that he was in poor health. So a couple weeks later, Kevin had a a decrease in his appetite. Nothing really alarming, but after a few days of this, my mom took him to the ER where they decided to keep him overnight and give him fluids. This was on a weekend, so it was Monday before his actual doctor got to see him. And when he saw Kevin, he made the call that he needed to be lifelighted to a better hospital in New Orleans. This was two hours by car. Um, And Kevin, surprisingly, was not afraid to do this helicopter ride. And he had to go without any parents. So he made it safely to New Orleans. He got all set up in that hospital there, and I was actually able to visit him. I was living in North Carolina with my family at the time, but I flew to New Orleans to see him in the hospital, and he was just as sweet and mild-mannered as always. He was a very good patient. He had lots and lots of visitors, balloons and flowers all over the room. One visitor was a a friend of my parents from church, and this friend just loved Kevin. So he offered to stay with him through the night and give my parents a little break. So the next day, he told my parents that the strangest thing had happened in the nighttime. He said he woke up to some laughter, and he saw these two men standing on either side of the bed, And it became evident to him that they were spirits. Uh, He said they were just talking and laughing and joking with Kevin. And Kevin was smiling and laughing and joking back with them. And he said the men were dressed in robes, kind of like monks. And that the three of them seemed to be best friends. What's so interesting about this is that Kevin's favorite thing to watch on TV was The Three Stooges, those old black and white comedy films. He loved them. 
He had all kinds of Three Stooges paraphernalia all over his room, and he had adopted many of their mannerisms, always pretending to poke people in the eyes or saying, yuck, 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 and why you... And after these Three Stooges made an appearance in his hospital room, Kevin suddenly started asking for three of everything. Three cups of water, three popsicles, three magazines, three towels to wipe his forehead. And uh, my mom was even going down to the corner store and she said, do you want me to get you anything? And he said, three maps. And she said, three maps? Are you going on a trip? And he said, yep. And then that night, Kevin slipped away in his sleep. So my mom and dad returned home for his funeral, and needless to say, we were all very devastated. It's just really sad, you know, to say goodbye to somebody who's been with you your entire lifetime. And what struck me about losing my brother was that I remembered all of him at the end of his life. Not just who he was at the time of his death, but I remembered all of him, like little kid Kevin and preteen Kevin and teenage Kevin and uncle Kevin. I remembered when we were little dancing to records in the living room and he had one and only dance move, which was spinning. He'd put his arms out straight like a T and he would spin and spin and spin. So, I would dance that way too, and we would just spin until we fell down dizzy and laughing. I remembered riding bikes with him and bouncing on the trampoline and splashing in swimming pools and hunting Easter eggs and watching the Thriller video a thousand times, along with E.T. and Friday the 13th, his favorite movies, and he would watch my favorite movie, Annie, with me. He was always so quiet and so shy, but every now and then he would do something hilarious like make a crazy face in a photograph. And this was back in the film days when my mom did not want to take the picture 10 times. One picture and he would make a crazy face. I look back at these photos now and I think there was this comedian just like laying in wait inside of him all the time, just ready to drop a punchline or snicker at you from the other room if you ever coughed or sneezed. The day after Kevin's funeral, my mom and I went to his gravesite to see what it looked like. And it looked like a simple mound of dirt with a little wooden cross. There had been this sea of flowers the day before, but all those giant easels of flowers had been carted away and the only thing that was there were three little white flowers that were placed perfectly on the ground in front of the cross. So there it was again, the number three. It was literally everywhere during Kevin's exit. So we left the cemetery and we headed over to run some errands. We went to Kmart, which was nearby. And when my mom stepped out of my car, there were three pennies on the ground right at her feet. She just gasped and said, I can't believe this. A few days later, someone forwarded an email to my mom that was titled Pennies from Heaven. It said that our loved ones who have gone on from this life drop pennies in our path just to let us know that they're nearby and they're thinking of us. 
Since then, we have found hundreds of pennies. Very often, we find them in threes. I was walking on the beach one day in Galveston. It was my birthday, several years ago now, and I found three pennies just lying on the sand. I mean, come on, who finds pennies in the sand? These three pennies are so special to me, I even frame them and I keep them on my desk. I found three pennies this year on my birthday, in fact. So what do I make all this mean? I have so many choices, right? I get to make all this mean whatever I want. I have no idea if I'm right about it. But what I make it mean creates the experience that I have. So every time that I find a penny or three pennies, I am so delighted. And I think of my brother Kevin right away. I think it's magic. I think it's a miracle. I see it as evidence that my brother is still with me every day of my life, just as always. I make it mean that life goes on beyond this one. I make it mean that my brother is on my spirit team and he sends me love and encouragement from the other side. I took a trip with my daughter when she was nine years old to New York City and we took the ferry out to see the Statue of Liberty. We did not know that in order to go into the museum and into the statue, we needed online reservations. So we got to Liberty Island And when we realized this mistake, we really had no other option but just to get back on the ferry and go back to Manhattan. So as we walked back to the terminal, this couple walked up to us and asked if we would like to have their tickets because they didn't really want to do the tour. We were so, so excited and we thanked them. And then my little girl said, Mom, look. And right there along the edge of the bridge we were on were thousands and thousands of pennies. It sort of looked like people had thrown them to make wishes, but they got caught on the edge of this bridge. I have so many pennies from heaven stories. I actually call them pennies from Kevin stories. So what do you like to make things mean? This question can really create a lot of growth and expansion in your perspective and in your perception. We always have a choice in what we make things mean. When I'm really, really down, I tend to think nothing means anything. Nothing means anything. That's usually one of my clues that I'm spiraling into a dark place. And that's okay. We don't have to be bright and sunny all the time. That's not real life. During my coaching calls, this is a question that we use often to explore relationships, hardships, all the ships. What are you making that mean? And even more importantly, what do you make it mean about you? If, for instance, a friend stops being as responsive as they used to, Maybe they're not texting back, they're not Snapchatting or DMing or whatever. What would you make that mean? 
Our brains are always scanning for danger. So our first thought is usually that there is a threat out there. My friend is angry with me. My friend isn't a very good friend. I guess we're not as close as I thought we were. Well, there's obviously something wrong with me that she's just so exhausted of and now she's pulling away. If you start to watch what your brain likes to do, you will see that it will catastrophize most of the situations that occur in your life and it's going to turn it into dramas. The truth about most situations in life is we don't know. We don't know what's going on with our friend. We don't know why our brother is dying at age 31. Is it at all possible he was ready to go? That's certainly one way to look at it. When I was preparing my eulogy for my brother's funeral, I thought about the wedding we'd all just attended. I was married with children. Jason was now married. And our youngest brother, Ryan, was dating Allison, who was at the wedding with him. And they were one day going to get married. So we're all paired off now. We were all growing up and moving on. What if Kevin could see that everyone was all set and he was just ready to go? What if our big brother felt complete about his job here and he was ready to go back to his stooges? I don't know if any of this is true. One thing I know for sure is I don't know anything, but I do know that I get to give meaning to my life. I get to decide how I want to look at things. And sometimes, you know what? I want to be mad. Sometimes I want to be sad. And sometimes I want to be really, really amazed. Sometimes all I see is magic. I hope you have a beautiful day today. Thank you so much for listening. And for more sunshine, go to my website, giagidry.com, and hop on my email list. I'd love to stay connected. See you next time.